Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and with me this week I have a man who's fast gaining a reputation for saving Alphas that might otherwise disappear. 105 Berliner and Arna Restorer Ian Jeffcott. Good afternoon Ian. Good afternoon. We typically start these things just uh, with a, a little bit of background. So how did you get involved with, with Alphas in the first place Ian? Well, mid, mid-teens, mid-80s, a friend of mine somehow came by a, a, a rather beaten 2000 Berliner. I think it was his father worked in a garage. Uh, the car had been traded in or recovered in or what have you, sat around for a while. He needed some wheels and bought it and started the, the whole sequence of events that's brought me to where we are now. Fond memories of sort of smoking around in that as a, as a passenger, as, as a, a young lad. We had a few good good runs out in that, near there and everywhere. But that sort of ignited the initial interest in Alphas being that bit different in various ways. And being uh, sort of mechanically minded anyway, um, even, even as a kid, I was always into, you know, sort of Lego and Meccano and how things work and all that sort of the, although the car, the, the Berliner got sold off and he moved on to other cars, other marks and so on, it was always sort of there as, as sort of a, a bit of a curio, if nothing else. One thing led to another, met my now lovely wife, Tracy, settled down, got a mortgage, had kids, one thing or another. And it was always there in the background, but never really got around to buying and owning my own Alpha. Yeah. With the advent of internet being more readily available to, to every, everyone in, in home and work, things like Auto Trader and so on started to become a lot more online and, and more user friendly. So I'd always got an eye out for you know, what's out there as and when something came up. There's very few of these cars survive anyway. Yeah. The odd one came up, which was either an absolute basket case or very well preserved and way out of my then budget for something that was very much going to be a, a bit of a, a make do and mend hobby car just to have a have a dabble into alpha ownership so yeah that was that was by then 2006 when I finally took the plunge and bought the green machine that most people tend to know me for owning within the club circles, certainly. And what, what kind of state was that in when you when you got it? Presumably somewhere between a basket case and a fully restored. Yeah, it was it was very much a complete car in that it was on the road, it was taxed, it was MOT'd, it was drivable. It it had started, it had, had work done in in fairly recent years by not the guy I bought it from, but the one before. He'd sort of rescued it from about 10 years of, of resting in a, in a garage from the then previous owner, who I believe had passed, and his wife had sold the car off via uh, Classic Alpha, I think it was, who I think they, as a family, had used uh, Classic Alpha as, a, as a, a source of parts and so on. They sold the car off. The guy, Richard, his name was, he, he'd sort of, Got the car back on the road, had some body work done and, and enough to, to make it look presentable and, and usable. He then sold it on to the guy I bought it off, who had he'd started to sort of swap and change a few bits around with another car that he, he'd got at the time. 
but all, all of the original bits came with it. There's seats have been swapped and things like that. So I managed to put it back to how it should be and then started to get the, the brakes weren't great and the engine didn't run as well as it ought to and so on. So just without pouring money into it, just gently went through it and got everything working, got it to run better, got the brakes working properly and, and so on. You know, got it back to, without sort of getting into the body side of it, got it mechanically sound and, and two years in, didn't have any real reservations of taking it on my first trip abroad in, in, in an old car. Took it to the Spa Italia event um, over in Belgium. That was one of, one of Nick Clancy's yep. club trips. So, yeah, that was, that was my first sort of venture abroad. And no problem at all. He, he got us there and back. No issues. Now, for sort of what was then a 40-odd-year-old car, no bother at all. So, and, and it's now a a fifty five year old car, I guess. Uh, it's yeah. What are we now? Fifty? Well, no, it was knocking on for forty years at the time. Right. It's it's fifty. What is it now? It's seventy two car. So it's just coming up on forty nine. Just coming up on fifty. So, yeah, it's wearing well. Wearing well. And just just routine maintenance now, or are there other bigger jobs that need doing? Pretty much, having had other cars in between as well, it, it's, it got to a point, I think it was about 2011, 12, 11, I think, where every year it was being picked up on corrosion here and a bit there and so on. And it just got to a point where, right, that's it. It needs to be gone through bodily as well now. So that was the, the big deal. So two to two and a half years of body restoration where the whole thing went right through any sign of corrosion was cut out of it and new metal let in and the whole thing was then painted inside out and upside down <laughs> to get it back to where it was freshly back on the road for the uh, i think it was the 50th anniversary of the club right. was it 2014 yep i think it would be um yes it was to which i just got it back together in time for that weekend and, and sort of give it a bit of a shakedown and just wanted to be there on the, the, the show and shine on the Saturday and then the, the, the track event on the Sunday. Turned up on the Saturday purely just to be there, catch up with everyone, having not really been out to many events while I've been deep in the, the throes of restoration. And it was <laughs> I hadn't turned up to, to display the car, it was just purely to be there for the event. And, and uh, John Griffiths, bless him, uh, sort of insisted that I, I put it into the, the concourse and just totally blew me away when it was not only picked out as, as best in class, but best at, at the show because of its freshly done restoration. Thoroughly uh, appreciate the, the, you know, the recognition for that. And I think looking back, rightly so, the amount of effort that went into it to, to pull the car back to the condition it ended up in. And, and that that's been a bit of a habit over the last few months as well, hasn't it? That kind of that yeah, kind of day. Well, it, it has, yeah. As as you as you touched on just now, it, the green one has sort of got to a point where it is pretty much routine maintenance now. But it's getting on for fifteen years now since I went through the the sort of steering and suspension side of it. So that's about due for a, a makeover again. So that's something for the the not too distant future. But as you've just mentioned, there's, there's been other cars in between time where, a long story short, a, a, another Berliner came to me almost. I didn't go looking for it. 
a guy got in touch with me through, I think it was through the 105 register page on, on Facebook. He was asking after things to look for, uh, weak points, what are the parts availability and so forth, with the view to restoring or recommissioning a Berliner that he'd come across up in Edinburgh. The, the vehicle was subject to a house clearance, so it needed to be moved out to yeah. the garage where it had not turned a wheel for approximately 30 years, give, give or take a few months. So fast forward a little bit, he didn't follow the purchase through, gave me the details of what it was, where it was, who had it. I put the word out to a few people that I thought might be interested and, and nothing came of that. And I just thought it's it's too good an opportunity, even if it, it's beyond repair, to, to let a valuable source of spare parts go that, that, that could have been just as a, a, a means of trying to capture the car. I contacted a fellow Berliner owner, Ewan Colburn, who's not much further up into Scotland in Dundee area. Ewan kindly offered to at least collect the car from the, the property that it needed to be moved for us to then arrange moving the vehicle down to me down in the Midlands. So that was late summer 2015. <laughs> um, took possession of the car, then set about trying to get it to at least run and or move under its own steam. It was very reluctant to the point that I never did get the engine to, to turn. It was absolutely sea solid. The, the pistons had just totally corroded into the liners. Didn't realise that until well into the this sort of stripped down and restoration process where the engine was was one of the many parts that had to be stripped, cleaned and refurbished. And, and over the spell of five years, the, the car's now complete last, last August. Yeah, August. August 20, um, it made it back on the road for the first time in 35 years. It was up and running and back out in between lockdowns. I managed to get it out to a, a couple of events. Um, I think Southern Alpha Day was the yep. first Alpha event I'd got it along to. Um, and again, very you know, very well received, a lot of a lot of appreciated comments and so on. Um, really pleased with the outcome. It's, it's better than I ever expected. That started with a conversation about parts availability amongst amongst other things. It did. It did, yes. How difficult is it to do a restoration on a, a, a Bellina? Because, I mean, if it was a, a Batoni Coupe or even a, a, a an older saloon, there's lots of remanufactured parts and, you know, most things are reasonably well available. What's the situation with the Bellinas? A lot of the structural parts, chassis repair panels, front radiator cross member, jacking points, floor pans, a, a very, in some ways they're either very similar or very adaptable uh, from the, the Coupe, the Spider and the Julia. They share a lot of parts or they're very uh, close enough that you can adapt them in some way, even something like the, the middle sill in between the, the, the visible outer and inner got back down to a fine art now where you take the, the Julia uh, replacement panel and it is identical in, in shape and, and profile other than the, the length because the Berlina wheelbase is, is another 60 mil. So we've now got it to a, a point where it's at a strategic point. You can cut it 
through at a certain point and extend it by 60 mil just by welding in a, an additional strip um, to make it an actual full replacement panel then that will will quite simply drop into place then yeah um, without having to adapt it on the car outer sill again the majority of the profile is is the same as the julia with some strategic cutting and adapt adaptation uh, make it fit a lot of the external panels are unfortunately not available some of the little lower repair wing panels and so on can be again can be adapted but a, a lot of it is if you're lucky you'll find some new old stock parts out there that pop up on the various auction websites and the like uh, but other than that it's um, it's it's a case of having to repair what you've got by by taking what's left of a, a rusty panel and um, use what you can as a pattern and, and make it from scratch so that's a whole handy that you've got a green pattern that you can use it well the, to, to start from scratch with that it's it's a if you've got nothing with a bit of luck you can copy something off the the other side if it, if it yeah. is good and make a, a mirror image of it but that's a whole different skill set by you know using the relevant tools and skills and, and machinery you can make enough um, sections of panel to uh, to re replace what's necessary. Again, glass uh, is mostly shared with the Julia Saloon. Seals, 15 years ago when I bought mine, there wasn't a lot available, but as time has gone on and the cars are getting more, more and more popular with both the race scene and the show and shine scene, things like screen seals even the the race guys to to remove weight then they've no heater in the cabin and so on they, there's even a heated screen with a, an element in the front screen option available there so there's there's a lot of parts coming uh, have come along and still more coming as as the demand increases it's making it more viable for the the parts suppliers to reproduce parts now <clears throat> which makes life a little easier other than that, there's, there's quite a big community out there, believe it or not. I, I, I've sort of kept tabs on no, either cars that I've seen in person or in you know, sort of more recent publications. I know of at least 38, a mixture of 1750 and 2000, 38 UK registered cars, which is still very much alive they're either on the road or in in safe hands with the view to either under restoration or to be restored and there's a few others in the country that are you know, sort of recent imports that aren't yet uk registered but they're, they're here with the view to doing that so yeah it's a fair few there and we've got a lot of a lot of friends with similar interests abroad uh, mainly in um, mainland europe big following with the the dutch guys belgium germany and and their their home country Italy. There's yeah. there's quite a lot of cars out there. If you're really stuck for something, there tends to be people that have got a, you know sort of backup supply of, of bits and pieces that can help each other out. There's 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 a fair bit of that goes on. Keep these cars going, which is the whole sort of essence of what we're doing. Yep. Enjoy them. So so that's two. Any, anything else in the in that period? Yeah, there's a few other cars have come and gone in the meantime. A 166 three-litre manual came up, ridiculously cheap, and I've never owned a V6 at all. So that was a, a bit of a, a, an itch that needed scratching. It was, it was in a poor state, bless it, all tyres and just generally sort of high mileage and, and run down a bit. Yeah. But went right through it, 
got there's I didn't get everything working. I think there's a couple of little niggly little gremlins like the, the electric seat adjustment was a bit temperamental. <laughs> Refurb the wheels, set the tires, freed the brakes off, got them working properly. Um, and just generally enjoyed the car for, for several months. Took it to one of the, the East Mids um, runs around uh, the Kerberos Sprint Circuit. Yep. That was quite uh, a bit of a hoot in a, in a quite you know, a relatively big engine car. Yeah, that raised a few eyebrows. The, the Kerberg Ring Taxi, as it became <laughs> known on the day. Must be about two thirds of the width of the track at points, isn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, it used a lot of the track, put it that way. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was a bit of fun. Just had a, a double with that and, and moved it on. I've had a couple of 159s. One as my daily car, ooh, about 10 years back now. That came and went, replaced by my current Mito as, as, a, as a daily. And then another again, another one came up in between time. Relatively inexpensive, high miles again. The, the the seller just wanted rid of it because the the clutch was slipping in it. Bought that, fitted a clutch, ran it around for a while. And a friend of mine bought that off me, and I think his wife's still using it now. So running around with it, yeah, good motor. But yeah, more recent news was um, the, the sort of catalyst to it was um, Dave Roberts as uh, a, a long, a, a very long line of fascination, shall we say, with the, the 920 series cars, the Cherry, Nissan Cherry Europe and Alfa Romeo Arna uh, built the, exactly the same cars on the same line, built in Italy using Alfa Mechanicals, mostly Alfa Sud, with a, a sprinkling of 33 in there. Dave's passion for the, the Arna and or Cherry led him to buying a base model 1.2 three-door Cherry Europe, which was known to himself from some years back. Went to view the car. The sale didn't go through. He then went back some years later after we we were just chatting about oddball cars, I think, at one point. And Dave went back to the, the address and the guy had still got the car, tucked away in the garage, never sold it. So Dave bought that. One thing led to another. That's now recommissioned and back on the road. In the meantime, chatting to another fellow owner of a, a, a car that's well known to the club, I believe, a silver Cherry Europe, which was briefly rebadged as a, an Arna TI. It's, it, won, it won an award at one of the National Alpha Days, I think, a few years back. I, I didn't attend that one. I think we may have been on the way on a family holiday or whatever. But that's now in the possession of a, a guy that's now become good friends with Dave and myself, uh, Eddie Ratley. He's very passionate about sort of older Datsuns and Nissans. So that was his connection with the, the Honor and Cherry Europe, that he, he wanted a Cherry Europe to add to his classic Datsun and Nissan fleet, if you like. Um, but chatting with Eddie, it turns out that he's he got in his possession a Honor 1.2 SL five door, which presumably he was planning to put Nissan badges on. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> this is the thing. It, it was a very complete car, but it had it had been <laughs> knocked about a bit. There's lots of uh, sort of previous bits of paint and dent repair and so on around it. But it started, it ran, it drove, just been sitting around for, I think it was knocking on for 15 years, being between it, being on the road and, and now back on the road. And just chatting with Eddie, it, one thing led to another and an agreement was made, shall we 
say, and I, I bought the car with the view to restoring it to its its former glory, if you can say that. I, I suspect it's rather better than its original state from, it, from having possibly seen it. Possibly so. Possibly so, yes. The cars, I believe, were very much built to a, to a price on a budget, and, and the, the materials used reflect that. It was very much a, a, an entry-level car to sort of satisfy the, the, the small family car market. Very much an under, misunderstood car, looking back. The original Nissan Japanese-built cars had a lot of better quality cloth and carpet materials, and a lot of the moulded plastic trims inside the car were injection moulded, so they were quite a thick gauge plastic and quite sturdy, whereas Alfa and Nissan building the cars in Italy had to comply with certain rules and regs of EU built cars, had to have, I don't know the figure, but a certain percentage of the cars had to be built with locally sourced components. Right. So although the glass looks the same, it's made in Italy and it's got the Alfa logo embossed into the glass. The plastic trim was made in Italy. It looks the same as the Nissan plastic trims, but it's actually a much thinner gauge material that's vacuum formed, which is easier and cheaper to make. Yeah. But it still does the same job. It trims out, it looks fine, but when you actually touch it, move it, remove and refit it, it's it's not as strong or well made. But yeah, the, the seat that's where I was getting to, the seat covers, the, the cloth facing of the seat covers was was such a sort of low, low grade, poorer quality material. It had pretty much dissolved almost on, on certain areas of the seat. So that was a challenge, just, just trying to resource uh, relevant material to, to recover those. So we couldn't find the actual identical material, but we, in the end, we settled on something that was the same colour, shade, very similar pattern, but a, a much better quality material. So the, the, fa- the original backings and so on are fine the foam is fine but all the the face of the cloth is is redone in a, a new trim but everything else quite luckily the car's only done 30 36 just gone thirty-seven thousand miles now i've done nearly a thousand miles in it since since back on the road about a month ago and it's it's wearing well everything else being such a relatively low mile car is is in good condition the door cards the carpets the dash the glass even, um, it, really good. It was just a case of going through the panel work, fixing a, a fairly small amount of, of actual you know, rot, corrosion, just a few little bits here and there. A couple of the panel bolt-on bits, were, a wing and a, one of the back doors has been replaced with new old stock panels because they are interchangeable with the, the Nissan. They were fairly easily sourced. So yeah, they've gone through all that, got it painted and then rebuilt everything, painted, plated, polished uh, to get it back where it should be. And as, as you touched on just now, it's possibly in a, a, a better condition now than, than when it was new. Uh, everything's been sort of screwed together with a bit more care and attention to detail than, than a, a mass produced, literally um, rolling down the line kind of car just hand building something you tend to get a, a, a better finish at the end of it and it yeah it has been properly restored and it's been hand built and it's fantastic and it's it's won um a couple of concor competitions already i think mm. but it's but it was a remarkably quick process i mean I, I, for those who haven't seen it it was 
pretty well documented on the Arna Facebook group as you as you went through the process. Yeah. How did you manage to do that much to that degree of quality in that time? I bought the car in November last year. It came with a few parts from Eddie when I bought the car. And along the way, having done the, the restoration on Dave's Cherry Europe, we'd already picked up on Sud Shop were a, a, a great help for the, uh, the sort of Sud-related mechanical parts. So that, that helped tick a few boxes in, in sourcing parts there. So I'd already done a bit of preparation, if you like, before actually starting work on the car. Started to buy a few parts and had contacts already to buy parts when we were ready to do so. And, and, and that made the whole process a, a lot smoother. And again, carrying out a similar restoration process with Dave's Cherry Europe, I'd already, if, if, if you like, not to put too fine a point on it, I'd already had a little rehearsal run, if you like, in, in doing Dave's. Yeah. And again, that was something that started out as let's tidy up the, the rusty bits and fix the, the, the sill that it, it was getting obvious, HMOT, that it needed some work. And one thing led to another and it, it started off as a, a tidy up and a repaint and, and that ended up as pretty much a, an empty shell, stripped right out, painted the whole engine bay, door shuts, under the wheel arches, the lot. Yeah. And it, that's done that car no end of good in presenting it to the, the standard it's in now, where that, that's had, a, again, a lot of recognition for its, its preservation and, and condition. And as far as we know, that's the only one of its kind specific model in, in the UK, along with mine. But yeah, starting the job back in April, the 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 the, the pace gathered uh, quite quickly. I had I'd been on put onto furlough from my job back in the end of March last year. Then December time, redundancies were announced. Long story short, I I lost my job, and that was made official in March. So started looking at you know, alternatives and, and new employment and so on but was also toying with the idea of setting up as a sole trader to with the view to to doing this as a main job and, and source of income so this gave me an opportunity if you like to to do a couple of trial runs if you like how, you know what can I do how can I do it how quickly can I do it it's, it's a pace that I can try to gauge with the, the sort of rates you might need to charge to, to do it professionally as a, as a paying customer. Yeah. So dry run on, on Dave's as a friend with Dave having a fair bit of input himself, cleaning, polishing, painting, getting all the parts ready. That, that speeded the whole process up in, in, the, in the way that once the car was stripped out, Dave took the majority of it away. Uh, home and through the winter everything was cleaned and wrapped up and boxed up so it was once the bodywork was done it was simply a case of screw it back together so it was very much a you know sort of a team teamwork job on that one where that ran really smoothly by keeping all the parts away from the car everything was cleaned polished and literally a, a reassembly job once the bodywork was complete so as I said, that that one as a dry run sort of gave me the inspiration to say, right, let's get on with this one. There was my my while I'm not working, it's something I can still do to 
while I'm looking for you know either a suitable job or researching the, the possibilities of, of setting up on, on my own. So yeah, got stuck in with it and in next to no time, the, uh, the, the whole thing really sort of flew along at a pace that even I <laughs> had to stop and stand back occasionally and think, wow, that's, it's, you know, it's welded up now. Wow, it's in primer now. It's in paint now. Let's get it put back together. And before we knew it, the, the job was done. Um, sort of five months to take a, a complete car, strip it, weld it, prep it, paint it, clean and polish and plate every every last nut, bottom washer on it to make it the car that it is now. And the, and the speed did seem to to ramp up as it got closer to National Alpha hmm. Day. Yeah, yeah, that was the the initial the initial goal was to to try to get it ready for National Alpha Day. A couple of bits and bobs tripped me up along the way. We didn't quite make that. But um, it was a close call for Mick Carr, to be fair. I think right up to the, I think it was the Friday morning before Mick Carr on the Saturday, I'd finally got it to a point where it was ready for an MOT test to, to get it officially back on the road. So, yeah, a bit of a close call, but I did it. <laughs> I got it there, just, and without any real hiccups. I think I'm, I touched on earlier in the conversation we, it's done about a thousand miles now since it's been back on the road only one real great a little glitch with the way it was running i think it's just a, a little bit of grit or something through one of the jets in the car um, but other than that the the only noticeable gremlin has been um an issue with with the, the headlights um having a, a mind of their own but um I've traced that back now just to a, a fault in the, the the switch on the the steering column right so hopefully I can source a, a new old stock switch to, to remedy that or try and repair the switch even if we can get it apart to, to fix that. So who knows? Work in progress, that one. Yeah. And <laughs> any decisions or compromises you had to make as you went through the process about how original to keep it? And I think there was a, a decision about the colour at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, there was... There was a little bit of thought about shall I shall I change it to a colour I might prefer. Having already owned the the green two thousand for for many years, it's it's a very similar colour, but when you put the two cars together, it is quite different. And uh, I ummed and odd with it being a, an empty shell. Now's the chance to to make a change if if I you know sort of felt that way. But um, I think as soon as I mentioned that on the the honor register page that was that was sort of shot down in flames no you can't change that it's it should be kept out and i think to be fair to the car it it is as far as we know one one of one in the country it should be kept as much as possible how it was originally built so that's that's what i've done yeah it does, yeah, it does. A lot of people have commented on that with 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 that particular that colour on that car. It, it's as though it, it was meant to be. It does. Certain colours suit certain cars, and and some don't suit certain cars. So it's it's a good combination yeah. with the the shape, the colour, the interior. Um, it all works quite nicely. And again, the the wheels sort of finish it off. A lot of good, you know, nice comments on the wheels. The, the Ronals that were Ronal A1 were, were uh, I believe, a, a dealer 
accessory wheel rather than I don't think they were ever a factory fit wheel on any of the Alpha uh, range in in period. I stand to be corrected on that one, but. Again, I'd seen the wheels on more so on thirty-threes, Alfettas, maybe even some eighties, Juliettas. Nice looking, simple, easy to clean wheel. Thought, yep, they're the right um, PCD stud pattern to to suit the armor and, and the sud. Started looking. There's there's a few suppliers out there doing a repro version of them, um, but I, I stumbled across this particular set guy up somewhere up in Scotland, Aberdeen way, I think it was, got them up on eBay auction. The price went up and up and up to a point where I nearly went, uh -uh, not for me, but um, I got them in the end. And they, it's exactly what I wanted. They suit the car, brand new, you know, refurbished the wheels, brand new set of tyres on it, and it, it just finished the job off. It really, really suits it. Yeah, they do. They look really good. Mm, thank you. What, um, what, what's the plans for that? car now are you planning to keep it or will that move on ah no this is the thing with with two in the stable already there's no room at the inn to to keep a third so it's uh, it's gone through a, a shakedown process if you like with with the mileage that i've done so far other than that little glitch with the the lighting i'm quite happy to to say this car is you know perfectly um, you know good condition good working order it stops and steers and drives and goes as well as it should. I'll quite happily sell it. I wouldn't, I'd never sell, I'd never want to sell a car knowing that there's issues with it. So yeah, uh, sometime in the very near future, it, it, it'll, it'll be for sale. I've already had one guy uh, sort of post on the, the honor register page that he's very interested in it. So I think it's only fair to give him sort of first refusal on it but other than that i think in the interests of again in fairness to maybe put it up on the um the marketplace page with the aroc facebook page yeah. just to give any other interested parties a chance and um see where it goes but i'd like to think it'll fall into the right hands it's that kind of car that i think only interested parties would want to buy it and and let's hope that it it carries on getting out and about, putting some miles on it and, and see it at some shows, events, drives even. Um, it's nice to see it out on the road. Yeah. And and any anybody else asking you to, to do an, another car next or anything that you fancy doing next? Yeah, there's, there seems to be a bit of a pattern emerging there where I've, I've, I seem to have become a, a bit of a victim of my own success. <laughs> and there's a... There's a whole queue of people saying, can you do this car? And can you do that car? And, uh, I think in time, uh, if I can make some, make some time in, in, sort of in between other things, family, uh, job role and so on. Yeah, I think it, 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 it may well become a bit of a, a background hobby yeah. um, doing, doing other bits of restoration work. But... I've got a couple more lined up for myself, right? So I think they, they might take a bit of a bit of priority. <laughs> uh, more more Bellinas, more Arnas, or something different. Mixture of the two. Um, there's <laughs> not not literally of, not a, not a half Arna. Well, no, 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 no. That wouldn't work. <laughs> that wouldn't do at all. There's I've taken possession of a, another Bellina 2000, very late one to 76 on a P reg. So that is i think that's going to get parked up for a while until i decide 
quite what I'm going to do with it. So that's that's one for the future. Stay tuned for updates. <laughs> There's more, a slightly more pressing one is another Arna. Again, Eddie that I bought the, the green SL from has an Arna TI in very poor state. But me being the, the soft touch and, and want to sort of rescue the underdog, I've offered to buy the car with the view to restoring that one. So I think that one's going to be next. So and, and normally when it comes to a TI or a Quadrifoglio, it's usually described as the more desirable TI. But it, yeah. it's all relative with Arnas, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it, 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 it's got... From a recent conversation with Eddie, he, he had a little bit of a um, ignition gremlins with his uh, Cherry GTI, which is the, the Arna TI, yeah. at the mid-car event. Long story short, it was it was some kind of low tension issue on the, on the ignition system. He's now fitted an aftermarket replacement to to get get the the points and condenser out of the distributor. And he said that it, it runs better than it ever has. So if that goes as well as, as Eddie's uh, talking and saying and commenting on, I'm quite looking forward to uh, to driving this um, yeah. TI. So it's, it's the 1.5 Sud twin carb engine in a, a slightly lighter body. So that could be quite an interesting combination if it, if it goes as well as it should. And I think pe- people who kind of know the Arna but weren't around at, at the time or, or shortly afterwards kind of they only see half the picture because it was it was a really successful racing car in the um, in the club championship at the time wasn't it it was yes again I, I wasn't really following Alpha as such uh, back in its sort of early 90s I believe it was quite a successful race yeah. car I believe there was two on the race scene at one stage and I think it's exactly what you said it's, it's, it's a fantastic engine and a light body and yeah yeah um, I, I, as far as I know there's at least one of the two racers uh, is, is still out there in, in safe hands with a, a, a fellow club member whether it'll ever see the light of day in a racetrack again is is another matter, but um, it'd be nice to see that out it there would, if that absolutely. gets uh, resurrected. Yeah. I know a, a, one of the guys who's who's with our East Mids section, um, Kevin Reynolds, he used to race uh, Sud or 33, I think, or so back in sort of early 90s. He recollects quite often um, fond memories of, of sharing the track with uh, with the Arna when that was when that was active in the race scene. So I think um, if anyone could do it justice, Kevin could with the opportunity to get behind the wheel of one if it was uh, back on the track. So who knows? Let's uh, let's see what happens. Bit of a a, a renaissance period for the Arna, <laughs> I think. So yeah. next year, 40th anniversary, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, yeah we were having a, we were having a discussion the other week. And the nice thing about Italian cars is they've all got three anniversaries, haven't they? They've got the 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 anniversary of when they appeared at Geneva, the anniversary of when they finally rolled into out of the factory and into showrooms in Italy, and then the third yeah. third one a year or so later when they finally arrived in the UK. So UK, yes, the the right hand drive cars finally come through. Pick an anniversary, any anniversary. Yeah, yeah, whichever one fits. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed that. Uh, good luck with with the next two restorations and any more that come, and and with the the job hunt. 
it's it's been a pleasure that's great thank you well that's it for this week i hope you enjoyed this episode we'll be back in two weeks time on sunday the 10th of october with somerset section secretary clive baker who's also responsible for coordinating the section news in alfa romeo driver episode 42 will be available to download from 130 from youtube itunes podbean and all the other places good podcasts are found until then stay safe <music>